Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Dave Clay. I should say yours truly. Yours truly, Dave Clay. There is a word that frequently comes out of, falls out, falls, falls out of my mouth, or at least comes to my mind, and a phrase that falls out of my mouth. I'll give you what I say first. I can't believe that. I can't believe that happened to me. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe we've gotten here. I can't, be- I can't believe somebody would do that. Now, that's the phrase. I can't believe. The word, though, is incredulous. <laughs> now, again, I'm not an English major issue. Most have come to more than an appreciation of. And sometimes <laughs> I don't get my grammar proper, so I apologize. It's in my mind it sounds right. It seems right. But when it comes again out of my mouth, when it falls out of my mouth, it doesn't always line up with what's going on in my head. But if I might be right, think I'm right, have any confidence that I'm correct, incredulous is, it's unbelievable. And incredulous is also that feeling that you get, I can't believe it. That's the phrase, but it goes with that feeling and the thought, is this really happening to me? And then you can almost insert anything into that sentence, I can't believe this happened, and then whatever. I can't believe so-and-so did, and then whatever. I just can't believe we've gotten to this point. No. (laughs) Somewhere along the line, you have to start accepting and believing because it's there. (laughs) You can argue against it. It's a bit of denial, I suppose. There's some defense mechanisms. Maybe there's some intention that goes along with it. I want to do it differently, or I wish it were different, or it's a protest, possibly. But by the time you get there, it's too late. It's, (laughs) It's already happened. So you might as well just go ahead and say, I believe it. You can still get a bit incredulous about it if it means that you realize it's not a good thing. And there may be some requirement always to have at least permission, to be given permission to have an emotional reaction to it. It's all part of accepting loss. (laughs) And most of those things, they, they go along with incredulous. I'm incredulous. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Uh, It represents some degree of loss, change. Usually it's not amazement and necessarily a positive dimension. Oftentimes, if not most times, it's negative. 1 Peter 4, (laughs) verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Think of not strange. <laughs> I really appreciate the uh, phraseology there in the King James. It's not necessarily humorous, but it's stated in such a plain fashion. There's a bit of... Huh, I can't believe he said that. 
I can't believe he said it that way. Got away with saying it that way. Or I can't believe he said it in such basic, simple terms. But he did. (laughs) And as much as he did, then maybe we should consider it. Not strange. But as much as we're (laughs) referencing 1 Peter, now we're going to go to chapter 2 and see if this one fits. That model of incredulous, I can't believe it. Maybe it is that simple. Maybe it is that basic. Verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king. That's not a capital K. As supreme. Or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, or for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men." Honor all men. That's verse 17. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. It's not not a capital K. It's a small K. Now if you can't tell, I'm incredulous. I can't believe that he'd want me to do that. Or that Peter would, in such simple terms, tell me to do that. It doesn't seem right. (laughs) And even Peter acknowledges, verse 15, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So, We're going to acknowledge those that are not servants of God. Hopefully, as a Christian, those are the ones that you look at. Men and women, persons, peoples. Those men, women, persons, and peoples that then we look at their deeds, their judgments, and we step back in an incredulous sort of fashion, unbelievable sort of fashion, say it. I can't believe it. But again, for me... I say it all the time. It falls out of my mouth all the time. So somewhere along the line, I've got to accept it is what it is. But in my incredulability, (laughs) in my disbelief, I can't believe it, in my passion and fervor, either to recognize righteousness or therein the contrast, the contrary, the sin, the iniquity, this all represents, lest I respond in a similarly foolish fashion and take it upon myself to correct them. I should obey them. That makes no sense at all. Because it seems like, well, why? (laughs) They're going to kill me. And really, it is literally, as with biblical reference, dimension, proportion, A lot of it was literally in biblical reference to mention proportion about death. And even so, in Bible terms, it's always about life and death. So think it not strange of me 
to bring it down to that bottom line. I do that regularly. Some people see it as, oh, he's just a bit of an extremist. Why is he talking about death all the time? Uh, Of course, really I'm talking about life, but usually death comes up in that. But it is that important. It's what it's all about, right? Life or death. Or death and life. Death without righteousness in Jesus Christ. Life with righteousness in Jesus Christ. According to the will of God, to the word of God. So we might as well just get to the point. If you don't want to believe that, if you're incredulous about that, if you can't believe it, if you can't believe Dave Clay's talking about that again... Why doesn't he just shut up and get along with everybody? Why doesn't he just agree with us? Or if he's not going to get along with everybody, then at least pick sides, Dave. Figure out which side you're on and then just go fight the battle. I can't believe you're not so passionate about it that you're not going to go out and fight the battle. And I would wish or would want that maybe that's true. That I wasn't to that extent that passionate about it. But at the same time, I probably am. (laughs) I don't know that I'm necessarily that individual that so easily allows that stuff to pass. And that's what I'm confessing. That's how the podcast got started. I feel that feeling. I want to react. I want to, in fight or flight mode, I feel so threatened because I do bring it at some degree of awareness down to that life or death thing. I understand the importance of it. And I can't believe that presidents and senators and governors and legislators and bosses and corporations and police and whoever is rebelling or revolting or pushing against the law and order. I can't believe criminals. I can't believe Persons who do <laughs> destructive things to themselves. I can't believe we don't just stop them. And I don't know that that's wrong to want to stop them. What's wrong is, though, how I want to stop them. I'm wanting to fight with them. I want to punch them. I want to bring them into order. I want fire to come down from heaven. I want, I want Jesus to come again just so that we get uh, the best seats for the final demise to watch. Uh, the final demise, center court, first row to watch the demise of evil. I don't know that that is a bad motive. It's just not mine to do. It's Jesus's to do. That's why I have to go through Christ, at least all of this. My humanity, not necessarily my motive. I think my motive is a good one. That sounds a bit self-righteous. I apologize. I don't believe that's a bad motive. To want Jesus to come again and everything to be lined out. I just have to do it Jesus' way. God's way in Christ. First Peter chapter 3, verse 13. 
And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversations in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached up preached unto the spirits in prison which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us not the putting away of the filth of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the rec- resurrection of Jesus Christ here we go who has gone into heaven it is on the right hand of God angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him that was through verse 22 1 Peter chapter 3 I believe it was we started with 12 but that last verse <laughs> 22 or actually, I'm going to go to 21. The like figure where unto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer. We need our conscience cleansed, washed, sanctified. My motive is good. I'm Peter with the sword. But I want to cut off the ear of Malchus. But I end up cursing Christ and denying him, especially when he's being beaten up. And I thought to myself, this is exactly, I can't believe it. This is exactly why we had to lift the sword in the first place. We had to fight back. I knew they were going to take Jesus into captivity. I knew it was going to go this way. We should have just fought it. Fought them exerted our, we could have taken them. (laughs) No, that's not the way. Why do I say that so commonly? Peter says that, as in this passage. But it wasn't easy for Peter. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for you. But the cleansing, the baptism is through Jesus, the way of Jesus, not so that we get slaughtered or that we lose. We get the ringside seat. We get the center court seat at Armageddon at the end times. Jesus will come back, but it's not going to be with all kinds of punches and swords, except out of his mouth, bloodshed in that sort of way. In that sort of way, when Jesus comes back, it will happen in tribulation up to the time of Christ because we're going to be doing this stuff. We're going to be fighting my incredulity my I can't believe it armed with my own even in self-righteousness my passion to preserve the word of God and to line it out 
my way is the wrong way. It seems right unto me. It seems the right thing to do. Maybe I've gotten away with it some in my youth and younger days. But when I'm a man, I have to put away those childish thoughts. That's not how you do it. And why can we say that? <laughs> Get back to verse Bible in verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. We could try not to do that. That's not going to happen out of our own will. But it takes the baptism, the Holy Spirit sanctifies, sanctified, sanctifies, we're sanctified. But the answer of a good conscience toward God, if it be obedience to all of these powers that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, the governors, the president, the legislators, the foolish people. Don't think it foolish that God has allowed it to happen this way because this is the way, good conscience toward God, lest we be obedient to the Holy Spirit, which we've just given all power to, at least the sanctification. He sanctifies us continually. We're washed. Maybe sometimes it's the trial. I know it is. The trial of fire. Think it not strange. You're going to go through this. That's the sanctification. It's part of it. It's a test, but it's not a test to test us so that we'll fail. It's a test that we know how we need to be strengthened. And in the testing, we are strengthened in the word of God. His conscience more sound in us. Not because we add to anything the Holy Spirit gives us except to cooperate with him. I've got to get my head in the right space. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because even if I go down, he's going to lift me up. Even if I should lay down my life for God, for Christ, for righteousness in Christ, at the leading and unction of the Holy Spirit, even if I should turn the other cheek, even if I should be Stephen stoned, even if I should be Peter... (laughs) Jesus, in the last chapter of John, not only reconciled him, feed my sheep, but told him what it was going to look like to feed his sheep. He was going to die to the very same people he was feeding. That's just the way it is. Think of not strange. Accept it. It's the way it is. But it's not a bad way. It's a good way. And I know I always bring it to life or death. As a choice. But that really is our liberty that we spoke of or Peter spoke of earlier. We have a choice here. We could do it God's way or we could do it our way. But our way will end up doing nothing but killing us and unfortunately killing others along the way. There's nothing righteous about that. It is better even so that Jesus died once and for all. Caiaphas, I think it was, the high priest. It's better that one man die for us all than all people perish. (laughs) That's a good thought coming out of the mouth of person, a person who probably only said that out of divine inspiration, but had no other context to even appreciate or understand what was falling out of his mouth at the time. But we know Jesus Christ is resurrected. (laughs) The Bible testifies unto that. He's come back to us in 
confirmation, with confirmation in the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He guides us, leads us now in the Holy Spirit with audible dimension voice. And it's a testimony of not only his resurrection, but it's a proof that he has gone into heaven, is on the right hand, and is on the right hand of God. With that then, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So if God chooses to let these foolish people rule and reign, who are we to argue that? Because it is a better way to save all than it is to have all of us perish by killing each other. We can revolt. We can be part of an insurrection. We can fight back. And I'm not saying that the word of God, that's how Jesus comes back. I got lost there. I thought a moment ago I was going to go there. He comes back. We've got the ringside seat. But it's not with swords that we're killing. He's not going to kill people with swords. It's a sword, but it's out of his mouth. And he doesn't have Jesus as his name. He has a new name. He is the same Christ. But even in Jesus' terms, there's not humanity there. It is his divine resurrected body that has all power and dominion over everything. So if we submit now in the flesh, we can then claim the resurrection power of Jesus Christ as our flesh is given unto the service of Christ and the Holy Spirit is freed so that we become one with Christ. That also includes while we're still here. But certainly in dimensions of when we go to the grave, we don't die. The Holy Spirit does not die. Love conquers all. Love wins over all. I want a ringside seat to watching Jesus come back and the words he spoke, the words he speaks unto us now, the ones that he gave when he was here in material dimension that were captured in the New Testament, in the Gospels of those that <laughs> apostles, that actually lived and breathed the same air and lived the same in the same dimension of Christ physically, knew him firsthand, knew his first, his love for them, his deeds, his actions, primary source, testimony, and verification. In our hearts, he speaks to us. He gives us a power. He reminds us of the power. So that we can, again, cooperate. But I'm going to be resurrected with him if I should otherwise pass on before his second coming in physical terms. Not spiritual, physical terms. But even if he comes back, he's not the human Jesus. He is the Christ with a new name. I am not going to be David. I'm going to be one with Jesus with a new name. I am not going to be human. I am not going to need to defend myself in the lesser sort of filthy dimensions. All the dirt, all the blood, sweat, and tears, all the grime 
of the material as with leading and guiding. And there was a day and a time when I did gird myself as Peter. Jesus reminded Peter. There was a time when you girded yourself, Peter. In the last chapter of John, as he was talking of Peter's eventual end, Jesus was telling him what to expect. Stretch out your hands, though. It's not wrong, Peter. Change the world by not giving in to the powers of the world, but by demonstrating the power that I have given you to overcome the world. That's the testimony. But you won't lose. And in the end, isn't that what our faith is based upon? If I have any courage, it's in Jesus. If I have any hope for glory, it's in Christ. That's the hope that we hold fast to. That's what Peter was trying to say. Jesus wins. (laughs) He has that power is even as we're speaking, he was then, we're speaking now is at the right hand of the Father. You don't have to be afraid. And should they even take your life, you're not going to die. Does that mean that you shouldn't, we shouldn't, I shouldn't, you shouldn't, we shouldn't respect life? That does not, that's not what it means and it's not what I want to say. I would not want that to be the meaning that you take from what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, If you lift up the sword, if you punch them back, if you get caught up in that sort of battle, you're not going to win. The only one that wins is the devil because we're all then lessened, degraded to the material dimension. Once again, if you've been resurrected or lifted up in very literal terms therein, even by the word of God, if you've been pulled out of that mire and the dirt and the grime and the blood, sweat, and tears and the lesser order of things and the fight or flight, there's a time for such things as that in everyone's life. But when I'm the man, I put away those things because I don't need to worry about those things because even as a child, I really didn't. But as a child, I didn't have the protection maybe that I... God wanted me to live. I think there's always that dimension I would know. It's hard. It's hard for you to say whatever what a child to pass on. But in truth, the child is in a better place even so that they didn't have to go through this. But that's very difficult to say to a parent who's mourning. And I love my child, my son. I love children. Suffer the little children to come unto me. I want to protect them. That's my duty. That was my duty. I have dogs. I know that's corny and it's probably not even appropriate to talk about. But since my son's moved out of the house, then the dogs are my kids. But, you know, my wife, there's nothing wrong with that. Except we just need to realize, even in that dimension of loss, Job. Ask Job what it felt like to lose his kids and all his animals. It wasn't just about them being his possession. He loved them. Well, we have to turn that over to God or at least go through Christ and understand there's a purpose and a meaning to it. There's a power that we're operating of now, out of now, that is greater than anything. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have to believe that lest the devil degrade us and pull us into not only the consternation, resistance, refusal to proceed forward, but you're not going to to really do anything but feel worse. Even if you don't die, the torment, the fear, the anger, the fight, the flight, God has called us to a higher purpose and meaning. Even in this life, even if it's just out of the Old Testament, 
there's much more to life than being animalistic and driven by fight or flight. Reactive sort of thinking. But even more than that, there is resurrection power. And should it make no sense at all in the Old Testament to die, go kill everything else. And if you're not going to kill people, at least kill animals. That's not good. But if you really want to not harm anybody, then you may be the one that that stops with. What? That's sort of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, anger. It just doesn't stir up the gift. It stirs up the, I guess, the harm, the evil in the world if you give in to that. Very difficult to convince people of that when they're in that place of threat. That's why God gave us his word, but we only have confidence because Jesus has overcome the grave. When people come see us, Covenant, Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, and we're counseling them, I can't, I don't want to come right out and say, you just have to accept this is God's will. Because I understand it's not easy. But in the end, you just have to accept that it's God's will. But what I can do is, as in the Word of God, as in the Holy Spirit, as in the way the Holy Spirit sanctifies and cleanses me, as in comfort, leading, guiding, understanding, I can allow the Holy Spirit to work through me as he's working in you to the dimension or extent of agreement. And we'll get through it. It may take a while. It may require some long suffering. It's going to require grief and mourning. There's always a stage of anger in grief and mourning. We need to get through. That's what we're speaking of. But don't live there. Don't get stuck there. They call that complicated bereavement. Don't get stuck there. That seems to be where the fight is. I can't believe it. You have a right to be in denial. You can be incredulous. It's not supposed to work this way. But remember what I read earlier. Thinking not strange. This is the way. According to Jesus. Reminded by Peter. Told again unto us by Peter in word. And now I'm just reminding you. And if you come to see me, we're going to live by that. We'll go through it together, and if it's a requirement to die to the flesh, this part of us that wants to fight back, we're going to do it together. And I will be incredulous on your behalf. <laughs> you don't have any problem with that. I'll look at it and say, I know, I can't believe it. But we have to, at that point, give it to God. He has power and authority over all things. But if he can, it's like Jesus said, they don't take my life from me, but if... I lay it down, I can take it back up again. God doesn't kill us. <laughs> he never intentioned that. And as much as, again, the body passes on, it was never intentioned for us to live in this mortal body forever. We have a new body that awaits us. It's not even human. It's not with the same degree of dimension of identity. It's not Jesus that comes back. We're all given a new name in Christ Jesus with a resurrected body. But aren't you glad that you don't have to live in the grime and the dirt and the suffering and the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, the retribution, the kill or be killed, the Darwinian. You can come at that from so many different angles. 
You don't have to live that hell. That's not for you. And when you go on to be with the Lord, if you should, before Jesus comes back in physical dimension a second time, then you'll get to see it all. We'll all be there. Such a great cloud of witness. Witnesses. Be on that side of it. But that's what I'll also hold out with hope or hold out as hope when you come see me or see any of us at Covenants. That's what we're wanting to do is to help you, assist you, support you, guide you, lead you. Not out of our own intellect, not out of certainly our own humanity or that alone. Maybe there'll be some Old Testament stuff. I think you can't be dismissive of that. There's good in that. But it's not in and of itself sanctified in that same way by the Holy Spirit as it is when you put it into action. But putting it into action, there's nothing wrong with having somebody there to comfort you. I'm not going to be Job's friends. I'm going to be Elihu. Should you want to come in and see us, feel free to give us a call. 304-528-9220. You can catch us online, covenantsonline.com. We're at Facebook or on Facebook at Covenants. Covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. And you can come back to the next podcast. I give you permission to do that. But I also say until then, God bless. I mean that sincerely. He has. Just accept it, receive it, and then bless others with it until we get a chance to meet again. Thanks.